Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club, that's getinthefight.club, and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight, so let's go. Every decision you make becomes a permanent part of your story, the story of your life. What story do you want to tell? What story do you want told about you? The good news is you get to decide, but you decide one decision at a time because you write the story of your life one decision at a time. That is a portion of a book called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets, Five Questions to Help You Determine Your Next Move by a pastor and author named Andy Stanley. And I love where he's going with this. If you uh, haven't yet listened to uh, episode number 16 of Get in the Fight podcast, uh, go back to that first. Maybe you can just pause this now and, and go back to that. And it'll give you just a little bit of a backdrop into the first question of those five. Uh, but today we're looking at this question that he calls a legacy question. Uh, what story do you want to tell? And I like where he goes with this because we realize that at the end of our life, you are left with just stories. I mean, think about a loved one that has passed in your life and you go to those funerals and you spend time forever after that simply sharing stories about that person. Some of the stories that we share uh, for some people are heartbreaking. They are stories of regret and pain and disappointment. And some stories that we share are full of joy and life and happy thoughts and all of the rest. In both situations, those are stories that were built one decision at a time. And it's really amazing that no matter where you're at in listening to this today, you still have an opportunity to change the narrative of that story at the end of your life. Now, you can erase necessarily all parts of the story that have already been written. That's just a part of your story. But you have the ability, if we'll listen carefully to this conversation that Andy presents, to really consider and slow down enough to say that we have an opportunity, based on the decisions that we make today, to change our story and to change our future. And so I know that for a lot of guys, we, we don't tend to be very contemplative. We don't necessarily stop and uh, ask questions like this and spend time, you know, ruminating about it and reminiscing about uh, the past and thinking hard about the future, but we ought to. That ought to not be said, at least of Christian men. Christian men ought to be men who carefully consider the life that they're living and carefully evaluate whether or not they are on the path that Christ has for them. The big premise for us in our ministry called Get in the Fight is that men would become the men that God meant for them to be. 
which means that we've got to evaluate and say, if God had a design for me, if God looked back at the day that Nate Whitson was conceived and then born, we've got to go back to that stage and say, why am I here? What exactly did God have in mind for my life? What, what is the purpose for that? And once I realized that I was made with purpose, once you realize, more importantly, that you were made with purpose, you and I ought to spend a lot of time contemplating the fact that someday these are going to be stories that will be told. In fact, I genuinely believe that all of the stories of our lives, all of these decisions along the way, are going to play a role in the rewards uh, of the future for us as believers. God is going to have a day of judgment. And for those who uh, do not know Christ, who have rejected the Son, the Scriptures are really clear that God says, if you reject the Son, you've rejected the Father, and your judgment will be sealed because of that decision. But for the believer who has placed his faith in Christ... There will be a judgment, but not of salvation, but of rewards and of access to him and all kinds of things that I think that uh, if we knew, if we had any kind of glimpse into the future of all that could be true for us in eternity, and we knew that it was affected by the decisions that we're making here in this really short span of life uh, here on earth, we would do a much better job at contemplating our decisions and our actions and the stories that are being told, because they will have such a profound impact on eternity to come. So we're looking at this, and I, I think that for me, I, I can just you know tell you honestly that uh, I have actually spent a, a lot of time thinking about this very question. What, what are the stories that I want told about me? And the reason for that is because along this journey, and again, if you go back to some of the very first uh, episodes of the Get in the Fight podcast, you can hear some of this journey and story some more in episodes probably one through four. But I remember thinking really clearly that I needed to understand what my standards were. And so the standards question for me was along this same lines of uh, thinking about terms of story and future and who I wanted to be and what kind of man I want to become. And I was really thinking through this and writing down ideas and putting down like what were the words and thoughts and ideas of the kind of man that God meant for me to be. And I settled on four different principles that are now the, the four principles of this ministry, the Get in the Fight ministry. And those four principles really for me in a lot of ways are the stories that I would love to be told about me someday that I hope, for example... Uh, when it's all said and done, that people would have uh, stories that they could share about me that would say that I was a man of honor. And for me, that meant that I was a man that lived with integrity in my private and public life, that I kept the commitments that I made to God and to others. And I hope that there are stories that come out uh, from those that knew me best and knew me well, that they could say, you know, Nate was clearly imperfect Yet, uh, he was a man that was worthy of honor. He, he merited respect, which is really what that word means, honor means, that um, my life was deserving of honor or respect because uh, I had integrity. I wasn't um, one way at church or at work or in public and then a complete you know, jerk at home. Uh, I hope that my kids and my wife would be able to um, share stories with people 
that would say that I was an honorable man in that way, that I was maybe um, consistently the same. That's a word that I just think is so important to consistently be the same person, you know, at church as you are, you know, in public or at home or anywhere else. I hope those stories would be said of me and that I was a man that kept my word. I kept the commitments that I made to God. You know, like when you become a believer, uh, become a Christian, you've said, Lord, I trust you and, and I will make you Lord of my life. That makes you number one. That makes you in charge, that what you say goes. And we've made a commitment to follow him. And in that, I hope stories are told that uh, I followed the Lord, although again, imperfectly, uh, I stayed committed and I didn't uh, shrink back. I didn't fall down and stay down, uh, but I kept fighting uh, for the life of Christ. I hope that stories are told of me that I was a man of discipline. And for me, that would be stories that said that uh, I was a man that did hard things, the hard right things, uh, even when I was tempted to do the easy wrong things. And again, like these are stories that are imperfect in my life because I don't always live that way. I don't um, always make the hard right decision. It's hard for me to uh, go for a run. Even this morning, I'm not much of a runner, but I'm challenged to start running a little bit more this summer. A couple of days ago, I ran two miles, which was a lot for these legs, and I was feeling it this morning. Um, but I wanted to do something that was the hard right thing. And so although I did not feel like doing it, I went for a run. And right now I'm telling you that story. And I think this is the way it works, is we start looking at really important characteristics of being a man of God. And we start to live those things out and they become stories that we tell. They become stories that other people tell of us, that we are people that do hard right things. And there are stories to back that up. I hope that people tell stories of my life, that I was a man of strength, that I kept myself physically strong, um, that I was a person who was mentally and emotionally strong, uh, that I was a guy that was relationally strong, um, that I was a guy that um, just kept those commitments to work at getting stronger, but not for the sake of uh, bravado or... Um, braggery. Is that a word? I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? I, you don't want to say that I'm strong for the sake of telling you how great I am, but to say that I used all of those strengths that God gave me for his kingdom, for the advancement of his agenda, and for the serving of other people. So that's how we pray through that every day in our fight club, that God gives us strength in those areas for those uh, causes, his kingdom, and for the sake of others. I hope people share stories of how I was strong mentally at times, maybe for them when they needed somebody who was mentally strong or physically strong or, you know, relationally strong, whatever. And it benefited God and it benefited others. I hope that people will also share stories um, about that I was a man of joy, that I was a man who um, consistently had a great attitude consistently had great effort, consistently had a great perspective about life and death, suffering and pain, and anything else that, the, that this world throws at me. I, I hope that I will be a man that um, is full of stories that I was a happy person. Like I, I just strongly believe that uh, so many grumpy Christians give us a bad rap. And so many of us come to church talking about how Jesus saved our life and we're just miserable people. And I don't understand that. In fact, I don't like that. Uh, and I just work really hard to not be that. I don't want to be a person that is a grouch. 
um, talking about Jesus saved me, but my life looks, you know, anything but joyful or happy. I think Christians ought to um, exude joy and light and peace and, and all those uh, elements of um, the fruit of the Spirit. So I hope those are stories that people are, are telling and will tell about me. And yet here's where I pause. Those all sound great, right? I mean, we all would love for all of those positive things to be said of us, but this is so critical that we understand this. Our intentions don't matter at all in the end. Our intentions will not be a part of our legacy. Like, for example, if somebody said, you know, Nate was a jerk, but I know he intended to be a nicer person, that means that anything other than being a great person is discounted immediately because they're saying he intended to, but in essence, he wasn't, right? He intended to be a great father, but he was never around. He intended to be a great husband, but he cheated on me constantly online or with other people or flirting or whatever it was. Like, But I know he intended to be a good husband. Well, you can intend to be a great friend, a great son, a great brother, a great boss, a great Christian, whatever it is, but your intentions mean nothing, right? Talk is cheap. And the only thing that really matters is what you do, right? It's kind of like, you know, if you want to be great at sports, you could say all day, like, I want to be great at this. But if you don't put the work into it, it doesn't really matter. It only matters what you're willing to do about the things that you want. And so I want great stories to be told of me for generations to come. I hope that I can have an impact on my kids' lives and maybe grandkids' lives in such a way uh, that the stories pass on of honor and discipline, strength and joy. And I know that you want stories to be told of you in great ways too. But understand clearly today that it doesn't matter at all what you want. It only matters what you do. It only matters about the decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis. Your legacy, the stories that are told of you, are made one decision at a time. And so you have to ask this question that Andy calls the legacy question. And that is, what story do you want to tell? You know, when it comes to telling great stories in your life, you have to recognize what you're up against. And one of the key things that I think we need to recognize in telling great stories is that we're up against and must be aware of emotions. Like when you have a a decision to make, your feelings are going to get in the way. Your emotions are going to get in the way. And so I think there's like three like really practical ideas, things that we can consider today if we want to tell a better story and fight back against the feelings or emotions that are going to try to get in the way. And the first thing that we have to do is we have to detach somehow from the feeling, right? So for example, uh, I, I was telling you about running today. My legs genuinely felt like doing nothing, right? So I did not want to run today. I did not feel like running today. But the story that I would like to tell about me was that I was a man of discipline, that I did the hard right thing over the easy wrong thing every time. And so I pray that every single day that God does that. And in fact, as I do that, I feel God strengthening me in my inner person to say, it doesn't matter how you feel, dude. Stop negotiating with weakness, as Jocko Willink would say, and detach from the feeling. You've got to 
understand that your feelings are not in charge. Your feelings are not ultimate, and your feelings are often very wrong. In fact, I went for the run because I detached from that feeling. I paused, which is the second thing. I detach from it, then I pause in that detachment and look around and kind of evaluate the situation and say, you know what, I know I will feel way better if I go do this thing right now. And I put shoes on and I walked out the door and I had a great run and I didn't even stop. So clapping to me, bravo to me. I didn't even stop this time. I usually have to. And I felt good about that. You know why? Because I had to stop and walk a little bit the other day when I first ran. And so anyways, I I detached from how it felt. I paused and I looked around and I just kind of evaluated the situation from a different perspective. And then the third thing that you can do is pray. So you detach, you pause, you look around, and then you pray and you say, God, help me to be a man of discipline. Help me to be a man of strength. Because again, you want to tell great stories. You want to be a man that says, I felt like looking at stuff I shouldn't, but I don't want that to be my story. I don't want to, I don't want my story to be that the urges and desires and temptations of my life were the things that ruled my story. I want to be a man of honor and discipline and strength and joy. And so I detach from the feeling. I pause and look around, get my bearings, and I pray to God for strength. And when I do that, I have a much better story to tell, right? So when you're tempted to um, eat more than you should, which is another area of concern for me, uh, when you have it at your disposal, but you know you need to have some discipline, your feelings were going to tempt you to just do the thing that your urges and desires tell you to do, but it isn't a, a great story to tell. I'd much rather have a story that says, I was in charge of how I ate and I feel so much better for it, right? When it comes to purchasing decisions, I want to have control over that. I want to be able to not have my emotions control, you know, my spending habits, um, and so whatever those emotions are, whatever those areas of temptation so we are want for to you, tell great stories, are, but weaknesses what we are, want doesn't really matter. Excuse me. You just want to be aware what of it. We do you want to be aware of really all that against the great, but story we have to be wise about what story what we're up do you want to tell? We have to understand that when it comes to your marriage, it's going to be a fight. What story do you want to tell when it comes to your finances? Because there what is a story would you like to tell who when hates it comes to your, there is an enemy that exists. What story? That his whole purpose of existing at this point is simply trying to thwart the kingdom of God, and he hates it when Christian men get into the fight and start to become aware of the schemes and tactics of the enemy. You know, we pray every day at, at this ministry through 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 that says, be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, which means to have courage to be strong and to do everything in love. The the wiser we get to the schemes and tactics of the enemy, the more of a fight that we're going to be up against. And that's no fun to think about. But what we have the opportunity to do in that conversation is we get the opportunity to tell great stories. We get an opportunity that at the end of our days, however many of those we get, that God will rescue us from this, this place that we're in and take us to our forever permanent home, and we have the opportunity for him to look at the story of our life and say, 
well done, good and faithful servant. And that's really what we're shooting for. And so there are three things, again, that we can do, and that is detach, that is pause, and that is pray. And if we will do that, we will be that much wiser in understanding what we're up against when it comes to our feelings and the emotions that typically derail us and cause us to, to live with you know, more regret. And there's three areas that Andy talks about in his book that I think, again, are worth uh, remembering. Again, if you've listened to episode 16, you've heard these. But Andy gives us these three categories that often lead to a lot of regret. And they come because we, we maybe haven't detached and paused or prayed about the situation. And it leads us to places of just profound disappointment. And that is dumb purchases, doomed relationships, and destructive habits. So just think about your own story right now and think about the dumb purchases that you've made and the emotional pull that went to that. And now you have to tell a story of just stupidity. I I have so many of these. I have couches that I bought when I didn't have any money and I put it on credit, TVs that I put on credit, cars that I took negative equity and rolled into the next one and built negative equity into that one and then had to do it again and again, like just stupidity when it came to buying cars. Even when I started to try to get out of debt and I paid off college, but I didn't save for retirement at the same time, I have regrets about that story. I wish I would have done some of those things differently. Doomed relationships, just, you know, things you look back in your life as a young man that that you did or, or things that uh, you wish you could change that you can't. And so many of us carry so much regret and pain and consequences because of both of those things, doomed purchases and doomed relationships. And then he also talks about destructive habits. You know, I mentioned in previous podcasts about just how difficult it is to carry this computer with you that we call a phone. The phone is like the least used function of this thing we carry with us making phone calls is very little of what we do but we have this device that just captures and distracts us and just is very destructive right and and it just it creates in us habits of not being present with our family or friends Uh, we don't know how to interact in real life situations anymore we're scrolling endlessly at stuff that is just worthless right on and on so destructive habits like that, destructive habits like uh, spouting off at the mouth, which is an area of mine that I'm constantly working on. If I get frustrated or uh, disillusioned or disappointed or whatever it is, I tend to uh, just get really mouthy and say things I wish I wouldn't have. And I hate that about me. It's a destructive habit that I've created over time. Right. And so you have all of these different areas of dumb purchases and doomed relationships, destructive habits that many times are controlled by the emotions that we feel. They're controlled by these feelings that we have, and we are out of control with those things, and it leads us to places that we wish we we just didn't get to, places of more regret, more disappointment, and, and more hurt feelings for ourselves and for those that are around us when we're, when we're like that. So we want to change the narrative of that, and the way that we change the narrative is by recognizing that our life is built one decision at a time. And those decisions lead us to telling stories down the road or stories that other people will tell of us. And I want to I read this story to you 
a powerful story about a guy named Jimmy that Andy tells this story and, and instead of just kind of rehashing it, I just want to read some of this to you as we get ready to close out this conversation that I think will really speak to you. He said, I have a close friend who went through a painful and drawn out divorce proceeding several years ago. His wife was unfaithful. Initially, she abandoned my friend and their two children to move in with her boyfriend. Nothing was beneath her when it came to getting what she wanted. Eventually, she recognized the kids were her best leverage, and suddenly she was all about the kids. Jimmy was hurt, but he was angry as well, especially when his wife began to manipulate the kids to get what she wanted. Throughout the process, she lied about her affair, trashed his reputation, and ate up tens of thousands of dollars in unnecessary court costs and attorney's fees. Early on in what would turn out to be a two-and-a-half-year court battle, Jimmy and I had dinner. Basically, I told him what I've told you, which is, believe it or not, one day this entire ordeal will be nothing more than a story you tell. One day, it will be in the rearview mirror of your life. It'll be just one more story, a painful story, but just a story. And then I asked him what I'm asking you. Jimmy, I said, what story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell your kids when they're old enough to understand and begin asking you tough questions? When they want to know the details about what happened between you and their mom, what story do you want to tell? Every decision you make, every critical remark you let slip becomes part of your story. I warned him further. You're going to be tempted to be critical of your wife to your kids. Sorry, start over. You're going to be tempted to be critical of your wife to the kids. You're going to be tempted to look for ways to hurt her like she's hurt you. You've just got to remember that every decision you make becomes a permanent part of your story. He teared up. I teared up. He nodded and said, I want to write a story that's worth telling. And he did. And he continues to. Every few weeks for months, he would call and leave me a voicemail or a text saying, Andy, I can still tell my whole story. If you had an opportunity to chat with Jimmy, he would look you in the eye and tell you that regardless of what you're going through, one day... It will simply be a story that you tell. Then he would tell you what I've told you. Write a story you want to tell. And remember, you do that one day, one decision at a time. Every decision you make becomes part of the story of your life. Every relational, financial, and professional decision and the outcomes of those decisions become permanent parts of your story. We've all lived long enough to have a few chapters we wish we could erase. No doubt you have a few stories you wish you could rewrite. We all do. We call it regret. But chances are, the decisions that led to your greatest regrets could have been avoided if you had paused to ask yourself, what story do I want to tell? From here on out, write a story worth telling. Write a story you're proud of. If you're in the middle of making a decision right now, stop and ask yourself, of the available options, which one do I want as a permanent part of the story of my life? I love how he concludes that, and it's a good way for us to conclude this conversation as well. What is the story that you want to tell? Maybe you're in the middle of just chaos right now. Maybe you're in the middle of just financial trouble or relational trouble or spiritual trouble, whatever that may be, and you're going to be tempted to make emotional decisions. And if you could just pause and detach from that situation and get God's perspective and pray, it would cause us to decide day to day moment to moment to reject the emotions and feelings and to make decisions 
that will allow us to tell stories that we're proud of, stories that we can tell the whole detail without any fear of looking back and having regret or wishing we had said it different or done it different. You know, and again, you won't maybe do that perfectly. That's okay. We're not shooting for perfect. Only Christ could do that. But we want to have fewer regrets. We want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets. We want to live a life of honor and discipline and strength and joy. And one of the best ways to do that is to ask this legacy question. What story do I want to tell? And so we want to tell great stories. We want to, we want to be able to get to the end of our life and hear God say, great job, well done, enter into the joy of the Lord. And we will do that by His grace, but we can hopefully do that and leave on a legacy to our uh, children and to their children and our friends and all those that are left behind us, that they can also look at our story and just be proud of it as well, and that we could be proud that we've lived the life that we've lived. That's the hope, that we would be the men that God meant for us to be, and we do that by asking better questions like the legacy one, what story do you want to tell? Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.